Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. And, uh, I, well, let's just cut right to the chase, folks. We dented our kid. We? We is an interesting well, nef- choice. Fate dented our kid. Now, by kid. we, do you, you don't mean you and I. Here's the very brief version of the story. We were over at Uncle Travis's house. Yes. And we were playing on the, the monkey bars, and Charlie was swinging on the, the monkey bars, and she, for some reason, I don't know why, I don't know what possessed this kid, she skipped a bar and jumped straight for the second bar. And much like a, a scene from Wipeout, she grabbed it and she just slipped Right. No, you know what it was like? It was like the bit in Home Alone. Mm. Do you know it where he's greased up the ladder with yeah. the slime in Home Alone 2, I guess it is, where he's greased up the ladder and he jumps and he swings and he falls? I should I should know Charlie's fine. She's fine, but she fell on like a bottom support of the thing. Right on her butt. Right on her butt and got – you know, it's one of those things where the bruise that she got was so wild that I was trying to play it cool. Like as a parent, you don't want to act like anything's – like something you haven't seen before, but in my head I was like, "This is the wildest because I've ever seen something is terribly wrong." It looked Charlie and Cooper thought it looked like a galaxy, so Charlie said she had a space butt for a while. She really enjoyed it. I mean, she was really fine. Like it scared this, her. She, the but, size, like, she's though, fine. the scope. There was of- no. It was just a big bruise. It looked scary, but she was totally fine. It did leave behind a small indentation, which Still. I am hopeful. Will go away with time. It's a dent in our kid. When we you, dented our kid. When you have a severe enough bruise, you can actually like damage the adipose tissue, like the fat cells there, mm-hmm. and like destroy them, sort of. And so, my my thought process is that if this happens in an adult, sometimes it never goes away. But if you like, when you're pre-puberty, there's going to be some like redistribution of fat tissue and stuff as you get older. So maybe, I don't know. Not that it matters. She's fine. All that matters is that she's fine. Mm -hmm. She thinks it's hilarious. She thinks the whole thing is funny. I blame Justin and Travis ultimately. And I blame Travis. So it's kind of a little past it. (laughs) But because of this, we thought we would talk about bruises. I, Justin, I like this because we haven't done a sawbones like this in a while, I feel like. Yeah, we. it's been... Uh, a lot of MLMs and, and uh, COVID, COVID stuff lately. Yeah, and this is kind of a good old-fashioned, hey, humans have been getting bruised since, you know, the beginning of humans, right? Mm-hmm. Like everybody, and because they're visible, typically, not always, but because usually you can see something, 
people must have been trying to figure out, like, what are they and what do you do about them yes. as long as we've been getting them. So when you have something like that in medical history, you get a lot of wild treatments that result and theories. And so I thought that might be – talk about, let's talk about bruises. It's a fun respite <laughs> from the yeah, world. A, bre- a quick break. Now, Justin, I'm assuming you know what a bruise is. Yeah. I mean, wait. Do you mean what a bruise is or what causes a bruise? Yeah, like when I when you see a bruise, what is going on there? What's the deal? It's like you it's like you like oh no. You bruised. You want me to tell you? You bruised it. You bruised it. <laughs> You're not I mean, supposed the to word use the, the word in the definition, <laughs> yeah. It's it's blood. It's just a collection of blood in the tissues. Yeah. Why is it That's in all there? It is. It's just bleeding, but it there's no break in the skin. So it's internal no, bleeding. Yeah, it's internal bleeding. That's all it is. It's just it's just bleeding under the skin, pretty much. Um, it usually usually is the result of some sort of blunt force trauma. You fall, you get hit with something, you you know whatever. It's usually that kind of thing. Now, obviously, there are lots of reasons one might get a bruise, um, but in most cases, it's like you you know banged your shin against something, and now you got a bruise on it, right? Um, what happens is uh, there are all these little tiny blood vessels called capillaries. Underneath your skin. Right. I know about these guys. Right. Little teeny ones. And they rupture and then there's blood there. And then you see it. Hey, that's it. And over time, your body resorbs it and it goes away. And that's the bruise. There was an injury. It healed. You're fine. There are bruises you can't see, like really deep bruises sometimes. I don't know. Um, But you can feel they can be painful. We forget that all too often, you know. (laughs) That too. And you can, there are other words for bruises, like the the medical term that we, you could, no one uses is ecchymosis. No one ever uses that. I mean, like, What's the other I know one? that. Use another one. Contusion. Contusion. Yeah, contusion's more common. If you want to sound fancy, but you can't remember the other one, that's what Sydney uses, contusion. Can, and like, ecchymosis, contusion, bruise, even hematoma, which is sort of a type of bruise, but like all these things kind of get used interchangeably, right? There's some bleeding, and there was no cut for it to come out of because then it's hemorrhage. Then if, if I mean, like if you're bleeding out into the space that's around ble- your body, yeah. <laughs> that's hemorrhage. That's ble- yeah, that's right. bleeding. We know about that one too. the The word ecchymosis comes from the Greek for to extravasate blood, which is pretty literal there, and juice. Part. <laughs> um, so that makes sense. Uh, but and you can use any of these words for bruise that you prefer. But I, I'd say most people know bruise. Um, if we go back to the ancient Greeks for their advice on bruising, though, it's not m- maybe as helpful as the term, the quite literal ecchymosis term. Uh, Hippocrates advised in uh, De Officina Medici that if you have a bruise or a contusion, whatever you want to call it, a sprain, some swelling, basically some sort of injury, you know, like an athletic injury or because you were working on something kind of injury, uh, and you need to release the blood. Get it out. That's bleeding, right? Yes. So, yeah. Bleed yourself. Just bleed, bleed yourself. So bloodletting for bleeding under the skin. You know, I could get, I get it. Like, when Let you, the blood out. Yeah, you look in there and it's like, uh, it looks like the blood, especially they're swelling. Mm-hmm. It looks like the blood wants to come out. Like <laughs> it looks like, I'll let the blood out. Let the blood out. And what I love is that he couples it with like, so you should do some bleeding, 
And then you, but then you do need to wrap a lot of bandages around it afterwards, ostensibly to stop the bleeding that you have caused to treat the bleeding that right. started the whole again. And he, he, he does make the note, like, just use lots of bandages, though. Don't wrap them too tightly. Just make sure you use numerous. So you really were bleeding. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. It's a lot of bleeding. Um, the Egyptians, who, of course, came before Hippocrates, but... Like we're probably better at managing bruises or a lot of actually a lot of traumatic injuries. If you look at like the Edwin Smith papyrus, you will find a lot of like pretty decent advice as like if somebody falls, like don't move their head, hold it still, like those sorts of spinal injuries. There's actually a lot of kind of in pretty, pretty accurate thinking there. Um, And for bruises, they were treated a lot like wounds in general, like just put some honey on it, Mm. which again is not going to fix everything, but isn't going to make a bruise worse. Yeah. Sure. Other bruise. than, like, you might get some ants on there. Make a bruise sticky. Yeah. Nobody likes that. I don't know. Maybe some people like a... Sticky bruise. Sticky bruise. <laughs> a nice sticky bruise. <laughs> you know Plenty the Elder Hadaway, is going to have yeah. some thoughts. The we I don't know if you're going to... Like, you're, gonna, you're probably going to discuss this as, at length, but, like, bruising, I suspect... Um, is prone to the um, what I think of as the hiccup effect, mm-hmm. where it's like it will get better, it won't necessarily get better on a predictable schedule, and whatever the last thing that happened to you before it got better is what you assume the cure was. So exactly. a lot of random, a lot of random uh, treatments. Well, and especially as you move into a lot of topical treatments, meaning things that you would apply to your skin, the thing about that is that like typically the way they would be prescribed is continue to put this ointment, salve, poultice, tincture, whatever it is, continue to put it on the bruise until it goes away. So eventually it's going to be like, this stuff's really working. Right? So, like, I mean, it it, it all works. Yeah. It, it, 60% of the time. It works every time. <laughs> um, Pliny advised in natural history putting fresh cheese mixed with wine on the bruise. Which I like. Well, I like this idea because if you're going to do it, like if you're already at the fresh cheese and wine stall, like I'm not just going to get a like they don't even sell it in bruise sized amounts. Like you, you're probably going to want to buy extra a a hunk for yourself and then slice off a little for Mm -hmm. the wound. And then and you don't want it to go bad, so you're like, now I've already opened the wine. You know, like. At this point in history, I bet they didn't have like some really sophisticated like wine stoppers yeah, to like put back, whatever, you yeah. know, yeah, in the wine. So like you've opened the bottle, gotta you're going to have it. to drink it. You've already got that cheese. You don't want it to get moldy. No, and eventually like you got to eat your own bruised cheese, like, right? <laughs> I mean, you get hungry. <laughs> bruised cheese. It's hard to find cheese back then. How would they even do it? It weren't craft singles, I'll tell you that much. I I <sighs> I would not put craft singles on my bruise. Come put, on, bro- put the craft singles on your bruise <laughs> and then eat your own bruise cheese, please, if you want to get better. No, I like it because it's like a great excuse for a party, too. It's like, well, I mean, maybe I'll have a few friends over. Help me out with the wine and cheese. And my bruise. And my bruise cheese as a dare. <laughs> yeah, he also noted that you could use old walnuts for bruising, but I feel like. 
Old walnuts. Old is, walnuts. How are these? How are these ancient peoples deciding these walnuts are old? I don't know, and I think you can just eat them. Like the way that he, it's written, it's not really clear on like the method. I think you just eat them. Like eat some old walnuts. Just eat these old Which, walnuts. If we could take the old out, like now we got nuts and cheese and wine. We got a. We, we're halfway charcuterie. Charbrucerie. <laughs> <laughs> is, is there something that I need? Pancetta for I don't know what else is on a charcuterie tray. The charcuterie I make charcuterie trays for our children, but they're kid charcuterie trays, mm-hmm. so they don't have like the fancy. Yeah, they have like the um, where you roll out the bread really flat, then make a fluffernutter, and then roll it up into fluffernutter sushi. Mm-hmm. I make fluffernutter sushi for their charcuterie tray. Oh you should uh, gosh, you should I become beloved that. on TikTok by by explaining at, at length how you make your kids charcuterie boards. Oh gosh, no, because then the rest of I don't want to I don't want to like front here. The rest of it is like here's a pile of baby carrots. And a bunch here's of goldfish. some here's some grapes. I probably took the time to rinse. I at least rinsed them. I didn't you know, cut them in half or pull them. anyway. Here's some goldfish. Uh in the medieval period, there were um a lot of like bruise and wound treatments. Again, a lot of like uh, any sort of injury would be treated very similarly. And you have to imagine like the the idea that a bruising was related to bleeding would not be a stretch because it looks that way, right? Mm-hmm. It looks like, oh, there's some blood there. So that was pretty easy for people to figure out. And so they would be treated pretty similarly. Um, there were a lot of different recipes for salves and ointments. A lot of folk medicine at this time, like in a lot of houses – in a lot of homes in this period, you would have had, like, probably whoever the, like, oldest woman was in the house, sort of like the, like, matriarch of the house, would kind of take control of this part of medicine. Right. Or this part of, of like, survival, right. the, the medical part, and would be making salves and treatments and cures and things to use in the home. And so it would probably be some sort of herbal salve is what would result. And there are lots of different examples of these. For bruises. Um, I found one recipe from Bald's Leech Book. We've talked about that before, a collection of different um, treatments and cures. Uh, and um, one in particular for bruises, you take a, a variety of herbal things, yarrow, broom, centauri, some ground ivy, and then you boil it all together in some butter and honey, which sounds lovely. And then you just apply it to the bruise. Which would, you know, is not going to... No. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. I bet it smells nice. They don't want to get too aggressive because it's not that big of a deal, right? I mean, if you're doing this, you're worried about the appearance of the thing. So, yeah, you don't want a bunch of stinky oils on there because that you're just worried about the aesthetics. Well, but then, I mean, yes, we know that, but at the time... Oh, yeah. You know, that makes sense. you have yeah. no idea. I mean, there's a very vague understanding of, like... Because there are going to be, at this same time period, maybe the home sort of folk remedy is, like, here's this cool salve, but if you go to a doctor, there's a decent chance he's going to bleed you. Yeah, let's right? try to avoid that, rub some cheese on it. <laughs> uh, so... And and then there was also another recipe where like they just take a bath and put some like bracken and green elm bark and mead in your bathtub. Just like chill in there in your bath with your mead. <laughs> Again, another great excuse to buy the whole bottle, you know, of mead. Of mead. Yeah. Um, 
and this is all okay in the sense that, like you said, most bruises go away and they're yeah. not a big deal. Yeah. Um, and if you want to smear stuff all over you in the meantime, that's none of my business. That's just fine. Uh, the last recipe, though, that I found for bruises, and, the, and this represents sort of like that dichotomy where, like, there were there were people who were practicing kind of these folk remedies, which certainly we have talked about many times on the show, could be dangerous. Yeah. There were dangerous things. But a lot of it was this these sort of herbal traditions that eh, maybe some of them help a little bit with some things. A lot of them are just sort of harmless and yeah. smell nice. Um, and then there was like the medical world where people were trying some really wild stuff because nobody understood what was going on and the scientific method was still not firmly established. And right. so like an ethics. Yeah. And like, but and then on the flip side though, they were, there were really aggressive methods to actually try to fix things. Yeah. This last recipe was basically, <laughs> Um, you take some different things that you're going to cook together. There's this uh, Ella campaign, the lower part of a hammer sedge, and some old lard. So some different substances, herbal things, yeah. some lard. You're going to grind it all together. You're going to warm through a cloth by the fire. And then you're going to scarify continually the area for seven nights. So we've talked about this before. This was a way of actually, like, cutting the skin. Yeah. Like abrading a light, and cutting. A light cutting, right? Of sort the skin. Of like a, so not yeah. like a bleeding. You're just trying to like scratch it all up. For how long? Seven nights. Yeah. I mean, that will, the bruise will change. Mm -hmm. You will this get will a reaction for self. For then sure. you set a horn on the open scarifications, oh, good, smear okay. with the black salve yeah. for a night or two or as many as you need. Because at that point, I don't know. Now we're into a whole other territory, right? Because yeah. now we have a big, giant, infected, open wound that you've created. Yeah. That might or might not be bleeding at this point. Anyway. You are definitely worse off. That's <laughs> what we can all agree on. This has gone badly. Also, as with many other ailments during this time period, if you had some powdered mummy, bruising was one of the things you could treat. We talked about this on the show before. There was a time period where people got confused and thought we were supposed to eat mummies. Right, like as in mummy, as in people who have it's been the mummified, best, it's the best as in like actual of, mummies. The best period. If I could travel in time, I'll go back to this exact party where it was <laughs> like, let's eat mummies for power. Yes. So we, you would take mummy, you would turn it into a powder, and then carry it around in a little pouch at your waist. So if you got sick or whatever, you would have your mummy right there, and you could just like, not your mummy, your mummy. Gotcha. I need your you. mummy. Anyway, you would put it in it like a drink, stir it up, like quick. Yeah. And then drink it <laughs> for mummies, <laughs> and then and that was great. To take internally for a bruise. Sure. Put a powdered mummy. Um, Justin, I also want to talk about the flip side of like, what if sometimes bruises are good? Okay. But before I do that, <laughs> let's go to the billing department. Let's go. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the 
easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts. And that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed. But we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat delicious meals right to your door. And not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got, like, fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From, from, from a, a box? Pre-prepared, all I got at two minutes, I'm eating filet mignon. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Hello, I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. And we host Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. Every week, we share media that made us who we are. Things like Archie Comics, Sailor Moon, and lots of Taylor Swift. And now that Riley's an adult, it comes with 100% more butts. And now I am totally comfortable with it. So check out new episodes of Still Buffering every Thursday on MaximumFun.org. Butts, butts, butts. Join in, Riley. Butts, 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 So what you were presupposing is everybody knows bruises are bad. But what this next section presupposes is maybe they're good. Yes. So I think it's interesting, and we've talked about one example of this on the show before, that sometimes... And again, this is not unique to bruising. There have been many times where we thought, like, uh, for instance, laudable pus, that if a wound was doing something, it was that was all part of the healing process. So, like, it was important if you had a cut for it to get infected and get filled with pus. Now, we didn't know that it was infected, and that's why it was filled with pus. We thought, like, oh, good, it's doing the thing it does on the way to healing. When you almost die but don't... <laughs> um, Bruises have been thought to be positive um, in some treatments as a, as a like 
the bruise is a desirable outcome as the result of a certain treatment. Like that's how you know it's working? Exactly. Okay. As in cupping. Oh. We have talked about cupping on the show before. Yes. Um, where basically you take these little cups, little like glass cups, and you want to create a vacuum inside them, usually like by lighting like a match or a lighter or something inside them, create a vacuum, and then stick them on somebody's skin very quickly. If you've seen the limited series uh, Taste of Luxury on YouTube, mm. those two funny guys and that one did cupping to each other in the spa episode. So you know. That's right. There you go. That that That's the best um, reference, yeah. I think, for that. Well, the most relatable everybody's seen. Absolutely. So basically you put them on your back, your extremities, wherever you're trying to, like, increase blood flow is the thought, right? Like, because what, when you put the cup on there and you've created that vacuum, you will see, like, the skin sort of, like, zoop, like get sucked zoop up into right it. Right up there. Like, <laughs> if you see a bruise, you know, like, oh, it must have been working. Yes, you got blood to the area. Yeah, and it then worked. The, the blood is supposed to be good for, like, oxygenation and just, like, the muscles will be stronger and looser and work mm -hmm. better and all that kind of stuff, which is why you have seen this as recently as this past Olympics. Yeah. You'll see people, people with those cupping. cupping marks on their back or their shoulders or their arms or whatever, and that's what that is. They're having cupping done because cupping is done to this day. Um, and it's interesting because – Cupping, and, and we have a whole episode on this, but it spans the centuries. It dates back to, you know, thousands of years to traditional Chinese medicine practitioners, but it's been used in ancient Egypt and Rome throughout the Middle Ages and even up to now. Um, and while there is lots of anecdotal evidence, like people claiming this really helped, um, we don't have any actual, like, hard science to back up mm -hmm. cupping. Um but the bruise is the point. If you don't get the bruise, you didn't do it right. So, like, the bruise is the treatment. There's another uh, bruising-type practice that we haven't talked about on the show before. Um, again, this, is, this comes from traditional Chinese medicine called gua sha, which uh, I had never heard that term. What I was told in medical school was uh, coining. Coining. Coining is I've never a, heard of this um, in English. That is usually like English speakers are taught the words coining or scraping or spooning. But coining is the one that I was familiar with. And this is because you basically you're going to use some sort of implement. Traditionally, this would be like a ceramic soup spoon mm -hmm. that they that they use in China. And you would use this spoon and repeatedly like pull it across like oiled skin. So you would like oil the skin all up on the back or wherever you're going to do it. And then most of the pictures you'll find are on the back. And then you would just continually, and it's like a, it's a blunt surface. It's a rounded blunt surface. So you're not like actually scratching the skin, but this repeated pre like firm pressure applied motion over and over and over again, you do result in bruising. Uh, okay. So you'll see these streaky kind of bruises in the area. And then again, this is the point. The, the bruise indicates that you've done it correctly You've stimulated blood flow to the area and oxygenation. Like the idea is that there are places where the blood might be too stagnant, and this is the treatment to move it along. Yes, want everybody. Yes, Stop you're loitering. you're moving it along. Um, the reason coining comes in is because you could use a coin and like for this. And in some cultures who have adopted these practices as well, a coin is more frequently the thing that is used. And so the problem, you know, with practices like this is that. If you are completely unfamiliar with it in your culture, which is why this was the context in which I was taught about this actually in medical school, not as in like here is a treatment, but 
this is a, a practice that you will find in certain cultures and it is mistaken for abuse. Mm. So someone comes in, you see this, you think that they have been intentionally harmed in some way instead of, no, they went to a traditional Chinese medicine practitioner and they had this done willfully and this is the purpose. So something to be aware of for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's dumb. and I had never I, I didn't know the actual name of it, Gua Sha. I had just heard Queen. I feel like it sounds like it'd be kind of relaxing at first. I mean it, probably eventually it would get a little irritating, sounds like because it does bruise, but like I, I mean you like do at have first, bruises. Be kinda like it's bracing. it's again there there are these sorts of practices that have been done for thousands of years, which many people who have them done and who do them will attest work great for them, but I mean, you know, Scant my evidence. Well, say. my bias is that I practice evidence-based medicine. And so I look for double blind, you know, <laughs> placebo controlled trials to tell me that something works or doesn't work. And that's the stuff that I advise my patients. And, it, you know, I, that is, that is that the is tradition the, of medicine I come from. And that's bias. where I, <laughs> that is the sawbones bias. That, that, little, yeah, we'll that is what it. I'll continue to, to advise people to do. Um, there are some, uh, I, I titled this section Interesting Echimoses, which is really just for my own delight. Delight. Yeah. I realize that nobody, like you look at that and you're like, this, my wife is such a nerd. <laughs> Interesting Echimoses. Hmm. I, I should have said it that way. Are you going to talk about any other, can I ask about steaks? Like, you see steaks for black eyes in like TV mm-hmm. a, a lot of the time that people put a steak on it. Is that, a, is that, a, is that, you think that helps? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think it. You're furtively Googling like you've never seen someone put a steak yeah, on Yeah, but birds. I don't, I don't know why people do that. Well, you just put a steak on a, on a black eye. Why? Ste- what? But why? Well, what do people think they're doing? I mean, I have to imagine it's to make it better because it. Oh, to it's just because it, it's cold. To make it worse. Oh, it's apparently dangerous. It's well, worse. no, I would never put raw meat on my face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it can cause an it's cold. So maybe it's just because it's cold. So this is why people do that. It's just because it's cold. No, I was going to say I have no idea why you would ever put raw meat on your face. Please don't do that. Yeah. I'm a, I, you know me. I like my meat cooked if I'm going to eat it because I'm I'm not messing around. Yeah, with that. get an ice pack. <laughs> get an ice pack. Yeah, if you need to apply. And I was going to get to that that you could put ice on a bruise. I'm sorry, I didn't. Too. Mean no, to. that's okay. That's okay. We can jump ahead. Um, but no, I don't. No, there. Please do not put steaks on your face. Yeah, don't please. Put steaks please on your don't face. put raw meat of any kind. Not just steaks. Why? Why stop there? Don't put hey, raw meat on your face. Keep that stuff away from there. Don't that's put where... raw meat anywhere on your human body. Yeah. Um. So there are a few bruises that we are taught. Unless you're one of those sushi table people. You know the people. Yeah, that but sushi I don't think the sushi. I don't think the sushi goes directly on their skin, right? Aren't there the like leaves. the leaves? There's probably leaves. I've never been to one of those events, but I feel like I saw it on like a reality. You'd TV know if show. I ever went to one, it'd be all I talked about. <laughs> you know, one time. I'm. This I is pre-COVID, obviously, but um. I'm too much of a nerd for this. Like, I can't eat food off of someone else's skin. Like it has to be on one of those leaves because if it is really truly on their skin, I'm not. I'm sorry. Don't you love that this thing has been going on so long that anytime someone tells a story now that has multiple people in it, they have to announce like, "It this was obviously before. <laughs> this was pre COVID. That obviously 
So anyway, um, there are a few bruises I wanted to talk about because I think, I, I hope you think this is interesting. I think this is interesting. We are taught certain patterns of, of bruises or ecchymosis that indicate something else might be going on in the body. Like, it's not just like I got punched in the arm and now I have a bruise there. Or I fell on my knee and it's bruised. Like, the, you s- look at someone's body, see these bruises and go, oh, there's something wrong inside and this bruise is telling me that. Um, there is one uh, that it was named in 1920 by Dr. George Gray Turner, who was a British surgeon, who wrote a description of a patient with a very peculiar bruising pattern. He had bilateral flank bruising. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like you wouldn't immediately think trauma if you've got two distinct kind of symmetrical bruises on both flanks. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And what he eventually figured out is that this was resulting from this particular patient had severe pancreatitis, inflammation of the pancreas, actually necrotizing pancreatitis, meaning that it was like dying tissue in the pancreas Um, and that that can cause this sort of pattern of blood and the way that there are like planes of tissue in Mm -hmm. the body the blood tracks in certain patterns when you get bleeding in different organs and it tracks symmetrically to the flanks Whoa, in this case. That's so, wild. You, so this is called the Gray Turner sign. And it it's you think pancreatitis, that's what we're taught in med school. Think about pancreatitis when you see this. There are other reasons why you might have bleeding, you know, inside the spaces in the back of your abdomen that could that could cause this as well. But um the Gray Turner sign is a pattern of bruises. Similarly, in 1918, Dr. Thomas Stephen Cullen wrote of a particular um periumbilical meaning around the belly button, this bruising around the belly button. Mm-hmm. And uh this was in a patient who had a ruptured ectopic pregnancy. Oh. So a pregnancy in the fallopian tube and then it ruptured. Um and that the because of that bleeding inside the abdomen, again, just where things track, there was this pattern of bruising right around the belly button. Um, and that if you see that, again, it could be some sort of bleeding in the abdomen. Um, actually, again, it could pancreatitis can also do that, but other things that, that cause bleeding in there. Um, there's another one. Uh, in 1903, Dr. John Henry Bryant um, was going actually through some like post-mortem studying like why did patients die and trying to understand like the presentation of different diseases. And he found two patients who had bruising in their scrotums and they had had this ruptured aneurysm in their abdominal aorta, the big aorta in their abdomen. Um, And then it caused this specific pattern of bruising in the scrotum. Um, And uh, it is either called Bryant's sign or what I kept finding it referenced as was Bryant's blue scrotum. Yeah. I bet people probably prefer Bryant's sign. Bryant probably prefers Bryant's sign, if I had to guess. Yeah. If Bryant to were Bryant's to be, blue scrotum. <laughs> for to be consulted. Well, and, and I should say, too, like, all of these signs that get these names, they don't, most of them, the bruising is not going to occur until, like, well into this being a big problem. Right. So this isn't really something that, like, you should be looking for because in this day and age, we should really know what's going on before this happens. Um, if you get bruising right on the bottom of your foot, right in the middle on the bottom of your foot, like, the, and you didn't actually, you know, step on something or whatever, it can mean a very specific fracture and dislocation of one joint in your foot. Mm. Um, plantar ecchymosis is what we would call pathognomonic, meaning almost always indicates... If you see this, it almost always means this. Um, and it, and raccoon eyes or periorbital bruising, so symmetrical both, bruising around eyes. both eyes. Yep, 
If you see that, that can mean that one of the bones in the base of your skull has a fracture from mm. some sort of head trauma or something. That's so wild. I had that's, no idea. That can go along with um, if you get bruising behind the ears on both sides, that can be called battle sign for Dr. William Henry Battle, who, you know, saw it and said, hey, that's my... That's my sign. That's uh, your sign. My sign? <laughs> my sign. Battle sign. Bruising over the mastoid process. Um, the, what, what I like about all these eponyms, all these things that are named for people, is that it is if you read the history of any one of them, some people were describing this stuff way before these dudes did. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I, I mean, like some of these date back to like Hippocrates was talking about um, the Great Turner sign. Like, he, I mean, he didn't call it that because, like, he didn't have a time machine and Grey Turner wasn't around yet. Unless maybe, like, Bill and Ted got them both for some reason at some point. Sydney we were running one. Anyway, um, it was just that these dudes were the ones who were like, I'm going to call that this me. my sign. That's mine now. You may ever name this. It's a lesson that you can you should learn. Like, if there's something you find, you just get your name on it, See, you know? Because if you right don't. There. It sounds like a British dude's going to. Yep, I'll get right into it. Um, I also should note, too, briefly, um, kidding aside, patterns of bruising are also really important in medicine um, when it comes to accidental versus not accidental trauma. Mm. Um, so specifically, and there are people trained in this area of medicine to understand, like, whether it be largely abuse. children. Looking for signs of abuse. Yeah, looking for signs of abuse. Because there are some bruises we expect, especially with little kids, they, we can attest to this, right? They fall constantly off of everything all the time. So that there are some bruises that we expect to happen and then other patterns of bruising that we don't expect to happen. And there are experts in that area of medicine. Do you know why a bruise changes color? Uh, because the blood's not getting oxygen. I don't know. Basically, really? Yeah, basically. Yeah, you're right. It's so when it when you first get a bruise, it could be the skin can look red initially because it's fresh blood. Yeah, it's red. Um, and then as it's losing its oxygen, it starts to turn like blue purple kind of color when the space bruise yeah. arose. Um, then your body starts to break down the hemoglobin over time and it creates these other compounds that are yellowish or kind of greenish. That kind of color starts to form and then finally brown um, before it completely resorbs and fades away. Um, most bruises, like we already said, just need maybe some ice. You can use an over-the-counter pain reliever if they're really bothering you. Um, you know, Cutman has a, a tool for this a boxing ring. You know, you ever see what he, it's called an Innswell? They keep them on ice and then they mm. press them onto the, when you get like a hematoma or something like that, that is impairing vision. Like they they keep it on ice, they take it out. It's like a tiny, it looks like a tiny iron. Does it reduce the swelling so much that it you can still see? I mean, it makes it better. And it, well, yeah. it, it reduces the blood flow to the area so it doesn't get worse. Well, that's exactly, yeah. well, and you just, that was the next thing I was going to say. This is why the ice works. That's exactly it. That's reduces what? the blood flow to the area. A bruise that occurs without a known trauma, and these are reasons like, so most of the time a bruise is no big deal. You know why it happened, right? You know what caused the bruise. You look at it, it you you maybe take some Tylenol or don't, and it goes away with time. Um, if you have a bruise and you have no idea why it happened, 
that could be a sign of that could be concerning, right? Like you bruises shouldn't just occur randomly. Certainly people who are on blood thinners and those co- kinds of medications can bruise more easily. But if you do have a bruise and you don't know where it came from, that's a good reason to see a healthcare professional. If a bruise continues to grow in size or is extremely painful, these are not typical of bruises. Um, be more cautious if it's around the head or neck, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and if it interferes with anything like a bruise shouldn't. Make it so that you lose feeling in your fingers or toes or you can't move a part of your body um, or you can't see. If those things are happening, this is not your typical run-of-the-mill, no-big-deal bruise. You need to go see somebody right away. Um, obviously, also, if you think there's a broken bone underneath, yeah, please go get that yeah. checked out. And while Tylenol and, and over-the-counter anti-inflammatories are typically okay, over-the-counter anti-inflammatories can s- increase the risk of bleeding further so if it is a really big bruise you might want to talk to somebody before you take that um certainly aspirin can as well so you got to be careful with those kinds of medications you can also use compression and elevation you know the the standard treatment stuff um but that's the good thing like if if you want to smear some nice smelly herbal ointment on your body when you get a bruise don't let anybody tell you you're not allowed to do that yeah, well, don't do it too close to me, though, because so many things irritate my allergies. So if you could just do that in your home. Nerd alert. I'm just saying. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. We hope that you have not suffered any bruises today. And if we have, we hope we provide at least context. <laughs> <laughs> thanks to the taxpayers for the use of their song, Medicines, as the intro and outro of our program. And thanks to you for listening oh uh, we did a live show with uh, my brother my brother and me uh, that you can still watch if you want to you can head on over to uh, bit.ly forward slash mbmbam virtual uh, we rebranded vaccines as a tiktok wellness trend it was a lot of fun and you can still watch that for the next couple of weeks so it's 10 bucks and uh, please go check it out if you didn't get a chance to live it was it was a lot of fun and go get vaccinated if you haven't Thanks. And tell a friend. Yeah, thanks so much for listening. Oh, you're, don't forget your flu shot. Yeah, we'll flu shot time too. Regular, There's yeah. two vaxes you can get Woo-hoo! now. And others probably, like if you want to get wild about it. Just like, Well, I mean, just it, like if, go check with your doc and make sure you do. Like don't just get go all get. vaccines I got. Well, no, no, make sure you need the, you know, you need them. Back up the truck. Load them up. Vax me to the moon back. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to do it for us until next time. My name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. All right. Yeah. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.